Welcome to the Perfume Room. It is Valentine's Day today. I am recording this the day before the episode comes out. My scent of the day today is actually quite chaotic because this morning I woke up, looked at my dresser and just started spraying every single perfume that I had because I was like, what do I want to wear tonight? Who do I want to be? Perfume is like a wig for me, you know, like I can like put a different one on and I'm like a totally different energy. Needless to say, none of the perfumes I'm wearing are what I'm going to wear tonight. I still haven't figured that out. But let me tell you the five fragrances I currently have on. I do not recommend this combo. It is a little overwhelming. However, it doesn't smell bad. So, I mean, maybe I'm onto something. Okay. The first one I'm wearing is one that I just discovered last week when I was in the Quintessence offices, and that is Frepon Lascarina, which is an amazing, gorgeous, sensual, sexy fragrance. It's got notes of incense and tobacco and iris and pear and rose. And if you're listening to that being like, what a combo. Yes, exactly. What a combo. Somehow the pear and the iris and the rose give it this amazing soft delicacy, right? But then there's tobacco, which gives it such a beautiful, I mean, it really smells like a tobacco fragrance and it has a little bit of like a dryness to it. And then there's incense that deepen it. And somehow with this combination of everything, even though when I think of tobacco scents, I sort of think of like a, a dryness that comes with it. There's something a little bit saccharine and syrupy about this. And I know this is weird, but I feel like it's relevant because last week I was telling you guys about how when I first smelled Diptyque Volute, it cast a spell on me and I was instantly in love and I got this honey, tobacco-y, syrupy iris that I just adored. And when I smelled it again, it smelled totally different. And what I will say is that what Lascarina is feeling like for me reminds me of what I initially felt when I tried Diptyque Volute. So I don't know what's going on there, but I absolutely adore this fragrance. And if you are someone who likes a tobacco scent, you must try Lascarina. It is best in class, so beautiful and so delicate at the same time. Okay, real quick, the other fragrances that I am wearing are Ramon Monegal Cherry Musk, which um, on concept alone and on notes alone, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be everything I've ever wanted in a fragrance. It's got notes of cherry and musk and white musk and oak moss and strawberry and tea rose. And I was just like, this sounds so beautiful, like kind of like when you smell like something sweet in the air. And that's what I was expecting. And unfortunately on my skin, the dry down is just too musky for me in sort of an 80s musk way. And I'm just not liking how it's sitting on my skin. The other one I am wearing is Juicebox 14 Hour Dream. And I talked about this on my live on TikTok last week, but I feel like this is what People who make a killing selling their underwear on the internet, I feel like this is what their underwear smells like. I don't even know how to explain that, but it's like feral and indolic, but like also like weirdly, I'm like, wait, this kind of smells good, but it opens with this sort of like caramelly, like gourmand, but like very sort of mysterious, almost akin to what I get from Acro Dark. Like I feel like they're cousins, but yeah, the dry down just goes really animalic in a way that I actually, I don't know. It's like, it's like sexy. And then on top of all of that, as I said, you guys, my perfume choices today are chaotic, is a new one I just got last week from Twisted Lily, which is Hermetica Rose Fire. This is another one where I'm still trying to figure out and formulate my thoughts on it. My opinion has changed every day since I've gotten it. To me, this is an amazing rose-violet combo. If you love like a violet solar floor, like insolence, 
and you want something with like rose and some other notes as well, this actually reminds me, very specific reference, the smell, you know those Blistex chapsticks that were really popular in like the 90s and 2000s and there was like a teal one and a green one and a red one. This smells on the blotter like red Blistex, which is also really weird because when I tried Hermetica Woody Sandal, I thought that that smelled like the teal Blistex. So I don't know if Blistex and Hermetica are sharing formulas. On my skin, I will say what I'm getting is really just like a strong violet note. So I'm not entirely sure where I stand with it. That said, I do like it. Let us get to today's guest. Today, we are fortunate enough to be joined by the founder of the beloved fragrance line, The Seven Virtues. We are joined by Barb Stegman. Barb was named one of the top 100 most powerful women in Canada. She was the Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year, and she was a contestant on Canada's version of Shark Tank, Dragon's Den, which I also just on a side note, love how they just change up the animal by country. Barb doesn't just talk about it. She is about it. And I think you will see that through all the amazing work that she is doing with this line, which is also more than a fragrance brand. It is a social enterprise that helps rebuild communities afflicted by war and strife by helping farmers grow natural, organic, fair trade, essential oils. And you will hear all about it in today's episode. And for all the listeners of Perfume Room, Barb is extending her benevolence to all of us. Now through March 8th, with the code PERFUMEROOM20 at checkout, you can get 20% off any purchase on the 7 Virtues website. I fully recommend it. Definitely, if you want my favorite, it is Vanilla Woods. I'm very picky about vanillas, and that is a wonderful one. I want to give a disclaimer before we get into this episode, which is that you will hear Barb's views on certain ingredients and what it means to be non-toxic, etc. And I recognize that this is a very divided topic because even within this podcast, the views have differed greatly by guest. If you listen to past episodes, you will hear some guests who couldn't agree more with Barb as well as ones who couldn't feel more different. It is not my place nor my job to tell you what is the absolute truth. And in fact, I'm not entirely sure what the absolute truth is. I'm not a scientist or a chemist or a doctor. And to be honest, I feel like both sides of this argument have research that supports their stance. So it's hard to have an absolute truth. I do like to have guests from all sides of the spectrum, and I encourage you to do your own research and come to your own conclusions. Now, with that said, I am happy to share with you guys where I currently stand. And again, This is my opinion based on the research that I have personally done, and that is that the perfume industry is very regulated by IFRA, which is the International Fragrance Association, which is a board of scientists who approve which ingredients and at what concentrations and quantities are safe for public use. So when we think of ingredients that have potential adverse effects like phthalates or parabens or UV inhibitors, I feel like it's a similar comparison to drinking alcohol, right? Any doctor will tell you that there are potential adverse effects from drinking alcohol. And short term, it could be vomiting. Long term, it could be something as serious as sclerosis of the liver or permanent high blood pressure. But all of these happen with overconsumption, as in none of the aforementioned scenarios are likely to happen to someone who enjoys alcohol in the recommended amount. So with fragrance ingredients that have adverse effects in excess, I believe that IFRA approves amounts that are safe for public consumption. I think the clean beauty movement, though I take some issues with the name, is a noble and valiant effort. And for those who support it, I think you are absolutely right to do so. 
And if you only want to buy fragrances that are free of parabens and sulfates and UV inhibitors, I think The Seven Virtues is one of the best brands out there doing it. And clean or not, the quality of the juice speaks for itself. Here is Barb. Barb, welcome to the perfume room. It is so great to have you on the podcast. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a few weeks now. How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? I'm doing lovely. The way that we always start this podcast off is by asking the following question. What are you currently wearing? I'm currently wearing a new scent that we are developing for the summer time, uh, kind of a fresh solar scent. It's mm-hmm. not until 2023, but uh, you know, even though we're in the throes of a current launch, you're already planning the next beautiful baby. And mm-hmm. uh, I am loving both of them. So it's a lot of fun. Oh, so this is a, a TV. We can't know the any more context yet. It's yeah, a t- all I can okay. say is it's a fresh solar and it's meant for summertime fun. And uh, I'm, you know, here in Florida, at my in-laws home. So I'm wearing it uh, to the pool in the sunshine to test it out. That's the best way to test a, a solar sun. I know, eh? It's a good way to make it real. Does yeah. it fit? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And I also have to follow that up with, would you say you have a signature scent? And, and also, what are your thoughts on signature scents? True, fair. I mean, your signature scent is your trademark. It's what mm-hmm. people know you for. And it's part of that warm feeling when they see you. I do like to shake it up and wear different scents, obviously. But I think we all have that one scent we kind of gravitate towards. And, you know, it's. It, I think it gives people comfort. If you think about your your mom or your aunt or your lover or whomever that may be, there's always that scent on their clothes, on their neck that just drives you crazy or makes you feel happy or makes you feel comfortable or whatever those feelings evoke from the scent. So for me, I would say my go-to comfort scent is orange blossom. It's just so fresh and happy and calming. And, you know, neroli oil, which is orange blossom, Mm -hmm. uh, is known to reduce anxiety. And it's uh, something that gives me a lot of comfort. And it's just that splash of of just feeling awake. It takes you out of whatever slumber you're in or the February blues or whatever maybe, you know, because it gets kind of tough under normal circumstances. I am in the heat throes of a Canadian winter. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so this is unusual for me not to be in the winter. And usually February can be kind of tough. So it it just has that all year round happy place. So it's become my signature. And and I, I don't, I guess I forget about her sometimes. You get so caught up with the newness and the activity. And then I I put her back on and I, it's like, oh, hello, old friend. And right. I feel immediately grounded and just so I, I always keep some orange blossom with me for, for just always feeling grounded, you know. There's nothing like rediscovering an old scent that you haven't come back to in a while and just remembering everything you it's always about. better, isn't it? You always smile right. and go, why have I ignored you? you I know, know I know. I, it's so bizarre that we do that. But hey, I guess we're, we're all looking for different experiences and newness is kind of exciting. It is exciting, which we're going to get to because I do know one of the newnesses. So that will be coming up soon. I'm not going to spoil it. But I do, I do want to talk to you about, um, you know, you're talking about orange blossom and narrowly. And what was your relationship to fragrance prior to founding The Seven Virtues and what were you wearing and what did you know? I I wasn't that girl. I wasn't that girl that was, you know, everyone was going to say she's going to launch a beauty company. That's her. I was not that girl. I am 
completely. My makeup bag was a Sobeys grocery bag for many years. I just have never been that girl and probably the last person you would ever expect to launch a perfume company, which I think gives comfort to anyone out there who may think this is not for you, no matter what your dreams are and realize that, you know, it probably is. I mm-hmm. think that it's sometimes the most unlikely players that come into industries and, and shake them up. We don't know what the rules are and we don't care. We just know mm-hmm. we want to do something meaningful. So for me, perfume was really no different than anybody else. You know, I wore my Love's Baby Soft as a teenager. I wore all the brand name perfumes that everybody else wore with all the chemicals. I didn't know what a phthalate was or a paraben or a sulfate. I didn't know what any of that was. So mm-hmm. I just sprayed all that toxic magic all over my body and loved it. I loved the compliments and the the fact that it walked in the room ahead of you, all those really naive things that I wouldn't do now. But back then it was, it was just part of, you know, the 90s and I didn't really know any better. So I wore everything brand name. But first of all, I didn't know there were chemicals in it. So, so mm-hmm. for me, I just thought, oh, these wonderful things, they put it in a jar, they wouldn't hurt me. Nobody would do that to me. I'm buying from them. Mm-hmm. So then you start making perfume and come to find out that, wait, wait, what, you want to put phthalates in? I was like, no, this is 11 years ago. I refused. I was the first to refuse. I said, mm-hmm. absolutely. Once I found out about what they were with friends of mine who were pretty into green beauty, who taught me a lot. What are phthalates? They adhere to your skin to ensure that people can smell your scent. And it allows Mm -hmm. uh, big conglomerates to use less fragrance, cheap out, and put junk in your perfume. So they put, you know, maybe 10% fragrance oils in, 90% alcohol, and then they put a bunch of phthalates in so it lasts longer. Mm -hmm. And so we refuse to do that right from the start. Uh, And what that means is it costs more. So our perfumes are 22 to 30% fragrance oils because mm-hmm. vanilla, vetiver, these oils, they will naturally act as a fixative, but uh, you have to put more of them in because they're so natural. And so that costs money. No big mm-hmm. industry uh, perfume company wants to put 22 to 30% fragrance oils in and also infuse them with organic sugarcane alcohol, which we do, which is more like uh, you know an organic wine or biting into an organic peach. It just tastes better. you know. Right. A hothouse tomato, just t- it can smell a hothouse tomato and you just know someone spent money on a beautiful tomato, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's the same applies to perfume. And so... Uh, it, you know, it costs more to make. And then of course we don't pass those costs along to our buyers. Cause I don't want the vegan girl to give up her lunch money for my rollerball. Cause she would, and I don't, I don't feel that's a part of the industry. So again, it's kind of neat to, to come in and I'm not from the industry and just say, well, that's not right. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't do it that way. And it's just say, well, you know, even my suppliers, everyone said, well, that costs so much more. I was like, so we're going to do it right. You know, if it's going to be clean, which we are, clean plus planet positive, only 21 brands in all makeup, skincare, perfume at Sephora have this uh, very arduous, difficult audit to pass, which we did. Um, and, and it really is critical that if you pass all those wonderful hoops, that mm-hmm. you still ensure at the end of the day that when she or he or they put that on their dresser, that when they put it on, they should have strangers saying, oh, my God, what are you wearing? I love what you're wearing because why else do we wear perfume? Right. We, I, that's, I call it stranger love. I right. love when strangers go, Oh my God. And you go, what me? And you pretend you didn't know, but of course you knew. Uh, we're just here to make you smell beautiful, stay clean, help the world and also get those compliments because it is part of your trademark. It's part of that joy. And, uh, the only way to do that is to 
remove those harmful chemicals and ramp up the naturals. And uh, it's costly, but it's worth it. And I, I think that's critical in this new beautiful world of perfume. You're all over it. You see mm-hmm. it, right? That whole, the direction it's going in this clean space, but to do mm-hmm. it right. We don't get an excuse. We don't get a pass just because we're social entrepreneurs or because we believe in clean. We shouldn't get a pass on any level. It should be able to compete against mm-hmm. the biggest brands filled with phthalates and their 10% fragrance oils. You should be able to put a test forth like a, you know, the old Pepsi Coke tests and, and blindfold people and say, you know, what smells better? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's an interesting topic because this one I've had guests from all points of view on the podcast, many um, also in the clean movement. And I've also had guests who ardently say um, that the synthetic fragrances are not bad for you. I think there is, I think where I stand in this is I'm a proponent of clean fragrances. I think there's a differentiation between clean and natural, right? I mean- Right, and also just to add, you hit something really powerful. You can still have good synthetics, okay? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important for people to know. There are good, good synthetics, there are good alcohols, there are good uh, naturals, there are bad naturals, bad alcohols, and bad synthetics. Right. So it's like Duke Ellington said about music, you know, there's only two kinds of music, good and bad. So mm-hmm. we don't care if you like jazz. I don't care if you like country, but there's good country, bad country, good jazz, bad jazz. So right. there's good synthetics, bad synthetics, good oils, bad oils, good mm-hmm. alcohol, bad alcohol. So right. at the end of the day, I have no problem with anyone using synthetics so long as those synthetics and those naturals are organic, clean, There's no phthalates, no parabens, no sulfates, no UV inhibitors. These are critical too because those are hormone inhibitors for your skin. Very bad for uh, women and reproduction. I don't even think I'm familiar with UV inhibitors. Okay, so UV inhibitors are interesting. They are put in a perfume to ensure that it stays crystal clear and white. A natural perfume like our Vanilla Woods goes caramel color and it Mm -hmm. turns almost even a dark brown. Mm -hmm. And that's a good thing. So we've had people actually on reviews, which actually it hurts me and I'm shocked that people would would do this but they've put up the white bottle of new vanilla woods and their mm-hmm. old one and they'd say see white new bottle old one brown they lowered the formulation I'm like oh my god it is a scientific number percentage that goes into the vat you mm-hmm. can't mess around with it your white bottle is brand new and the minute the sun hits it light heat it's going to start going caramel and that's a good thing If there were UV inhibitors in it, that would keep it crystal white. You don't want it with vanilla staying crystal white. That doesn't apply to every oil, Mm -hmm. but certainly vanilla, it it turns and it should if it's real. So Mm -hmm. you want your vanillas. Anything that's a natural vanilla should turn a nice caramel or even a dark brown. Once we even had the odd strange purple ones there were like three of them you know those were really interesting unicorns and so uv inhibitors you don't want them any kind of hormone inhibitor can harm your reproductive uh organs over time even your lipstick all of your skincare should have no uv inhibitors in it Mm -hmm. and so it is really something i've always as soon as i learned about them that I became a real stickler on all of these things. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's you know when your when your natural perfume turns color, it's a good thing, but not when you get it new because it hasn't hit the light yet. It's been right. in a, a safe box, a factory in proper conditions, and so this education is really 
it's, you know, something that takes time for people to understand. We're putting it on the Sephora website now for Mm -hmm. people to understand. It's just good to know. The third question I always open the pod with is, do you have any fragrance hot takes? And I feel like that is a very strong hot take that it's okay for your fragrance to to brown. Yeah. And if it browns, that's good. That -hmm. means there's no UV inhibitors. Not every perfume browns, but if it does, absolutely a great thing. You want that. You want mm-hmm. that with particularly vanillas, um, and that's the most popular scent in North America, vanillas. Mm-hmm. So we it want is, to ensure right. that, right? I'm sure everybody else there has a vanilla, and I'm sure many of them have our vanilla woods. So right. uh, even our Santal Vanilla uh, turns a nice sort of orangish light brown color in the perfume mm-hmm. oil. So that's a good thing. Interesting. So if you guys have seven virtues at home and you are noticing it is browning, do not fret. It is supposed it. to happen. That's right. And if you want to reduce the the likelihood of it, let's say you get your fresh vanilla woods and she's white and pretty and you don't want the purple cow color to happen, just don't put it in your bathroom. Keep it in its box and keep it in a cool, dark area. If you're like me and mine are out in the sunshine, I don't care. They're in my purse. I throw them around. And I love that gorgeous, rich color that it turns. Mm -hmm. In fact, I prefer it. So, but I mean, everybody's to each their own. um, Mm -hmm. Does it does it impact the scent at all, or it's only the color? Not a bit. Not a bit. It has nothing to do with okay. it. You could do another blind test, and right, same it, thing. You, you would notice no difference whatsoever. But people imagine they do, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing. Um, mm-hmm. They've done studies where they sat around with people and gave them blotters of perfume, and people came back with different interpretations of it, but no perfume had been sprayed. It was just water. So, you know, they've done studies with people and said, okay, this scent is going to make you sick. And people started getting sick and other people were told the same scent would heal you. And they started feeling better. So, uh, psychologically we can convince ourselves about just about anything. And I think what you're doing here is really profound. Education is critical. If you want to understand your beauty products and you want to understand the world around you and your health, mm-hmm. it's really critical to know what's in your products and why and what they do so that you mm-hmm. don't get shocked and you're actually happy. Today's perfume juice is more like perfume grease. It is a great one. So many of you guys tagged me in this and sent it to me, but the Idaho Potato Commission has created a limited edition fragrance called Fritz which is supposed to smell exactly like a French fry. Now, why, you ask? Because they found that 90% of Americans find the smell of fries to be irresistible. And thus, by the transitive property, if you want to smell irresistible, you must smell like potatoes. So Fritz by Idaho is manufactured using distilled homegrown potatoes and essential oils, and each 1.7-ounce bottle is selling for $1.89 They have already sold out. I love everything about this. I think it's super fun. There's nothing I love more than seeing the Idaho Potato Commission get into the fragrance sector. Love that for them. You were mentioning that you are, you're putting more information about this on the Sephora site. And I know that Seven Virtues is an exclusive partner, in exclusive partnership with Sephora. I want to talk about how did that come about? Because that's huge. Oh, yeah. Ah, Thank you. That's a great question. You know, I was originally launched out of my garage on my Visa card. Banks wouldn't give me a loan. I'd never heard of Ward Social Enterprise back in 2010 or even Clean Beauty was not being used. And uh, we launched and we were in some department stores and we were cruising 
along. It was nice. And then something started happening. My Gen Z millennial kids started becoming the buying power. And I realized the department stores weren't doing as well. And I never blame a partner. I always look within. In life, this is really critical. When something's not working out, it's too easy to blame someone else. It, the only way to get resolution in anything in your life that isn't turning out the way you wanted it to is to take personal responsibility. And I'll take it a step further. I volunteer when I don't know what to do. It helps me mentally because then I get out of my own way. I stop the why me, poor me, pity party. Mm-hmm. I actually go and help someone else. And it always magical things happen. So I went to Haiti after Hurricane Matthew. My company was surviving. It wasn't thriving. All my friends were going out of business. We were all ahead of our time. And the world wasn't ready for us yet. This was the so seven virtues I, or, or a different country? Yeah, the okay. seven virtues. Okay. Same. It was just different. It was um, it was the same countries. We worked with Afghanistan, Haiti, Rwanda. We made perfume, but they mm-hmm. were like, the packaging was hideous. You know, imagine I'd launched it in my garage. It was shameful. <laughs> and the scents were like, you know, hmm, very base. Uh, but people were kind and they bought it. Um, so then I was in Haiti and while I was there, Sephora wrote me and I told all my girlfriends, cause that's what you do. And one of my girlfriends, uh, Eve Carr has a castor oil farm. It's a cooperative that helps women in Haiti. And she told me about the Sephora accelerate program. And I was like, Oh my God, I need this. You know, this idea that they less than 4% of the CEOs of beauty companies are women and, and they're willing to beauty idol you now 1800 women apply only 10 get in. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew I had to get in. And so when I met with my merchants, I visualized it and I sat with them and I said, I'm not going to give you my original perfume line. I'm going to create a brand new line for you. All new packaging, all new scents, but the same countries, the same oils, the same DNA, mm-hmm. the same philosophy, but let's make it better. And I got in. And what was great about that program was it had me shake out ideas. And I that's where I came up with the idea of not just doing 10 to 15% fragrance oils. You know, let's do 22 to 30. And then, you know, why are we infusing it with regular alcohol? Why aren't we infusing with organic sugarcane alcohol? And those mm-hmm. were all the, the big changes that we made. So we've really cracked the code on how to create a long-lasting natural scent. And, uh, you know, it's very rewarding. And I could not have done it without Sephora. And I'm a pretty loyal human being. So when someone helps me, I mean, they bailed me out. Mm-hmm. They didn't know how bad it was. I wasn't going to let them know. But it was bad. And they saved me. And when they said jump, I said how high. And, and when they said go do new packaging, absolutely. We didn't have the money. We took out huge loans, 11% interest rates. And we just paid every single one of them off last month during a pandemic. Congratulations. And That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. And so it's been, it's been quite a ride. Um, to go from the beginning of the pandemic 22 months ago to not knowing what would happen to now being able to pay off all the debt and expanding into Sephora globally, 13 EU countries. And I think that's why it works. I'm I'm very grateful. We've turned down a lot of big department stores. Mm-hmm. Sephora saved me and loyalty to me is the most important thing in life. Not loyalty, blind loyalty. I mean, when someone picks you up in your darkest day, a friend, uh, a lover, a parent, someone, a company like Sephora, when someone picks you up on your darkest day and lifts you up, you stay loyal to them because they saved you in some ways. And I feel mm-hmm. like Sephora saved me. And so it's a, a no brainer for me when, mm-hmm. when other large uh, department stores come knocking, I think of it like they did all that investing and all that work 
it's theirs. Nobody else was willing to come Mm -hmm. and do that for me. They were. And so that's to be rewarded. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a good feeling about doing what's right in life. And I think that's another reason why we do so well. We don't follow normal methods uh, Mm -hmm. of distribution. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most investors would tell you, oh my God, you're only in one supply chain. You should be in many supply chains. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nope. Actually, I'm going to do it my way. You shouldn't double the fragrance oils. You you know, it's too expensive. Nope. I'm going to do it my way. Oh, Mm -hmm. you should raise the price. Nope. I'm going to do what feels right ethically. And I I want everybody listening to do that in their lives. No matter what you're facing, you follow your ethics. I wrote a book on it. It's the first book ever sold at Sephora. And I promise you, even though it's an eighth edition, it can't fail you. When you follow your ethics and your instincts, some call it God, some call it instinct. You can call it whatever you want. We're not going to know the mystery till we die. (laughs) But what's beautiful is you have a faith in yourself and your instincts and your divine. And you listen to that. It will not lead you astray. Mm-hmm. Social media can, conglomerates can, but nothing but your instincts and your mentors will ever lead you astray. Well, definitely. And I think um, if Sephora is the brand that you are loyal to, lucky you, because that is like the <laughs> biggest beauty brand. So if you have to be in one place, I think Sephora is a great one. And you were mentioning, you know, going to Haiti and the involvement that you have with this brand in Rwanda and in Afghanistan. And I'm wondering, can you speak to that? And I know you you source ingredients from different countries. I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, well, that's how it started. There's a movie on us called Perfume War, not Perfume Wars. If you look it up, you can see the trailer and we can get you the free movie. Yeah. And uh, one best humanitarian film, Sedona Film Fest, and uh, a lot of audience choices. It's it's our story. So if anybody wants to go watch that, we can get them the free full movie. Uh, the, the trailer is out there on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And really, it tells the story of what happened. My best friend was wounded in Afghanistan. He was serving uh, in the Canadian forces. He was sitting in a peaceful shura. He was discussing how to bring clean drinking water and health care to the families of the village. And uh, a poor, illiterate young man who was brainwashed by the Taliban put an axe through my best friend's head. His directive was because he was so poor was he was given uh, $10 to kill a soldier and they didn't care what country the soldier was from just happened to be my best friend and uh it didn't kill him he made it through the night and that's a miracle and we went on a healing journey and so in the hospital I told him I said you heal I got this that's what you do for your best friend right and Mm -hmm. then I realized I don't got this I'm not a brave soldier I'm not a world leader and I I got mad you know as a woman we don't have a, a way to touch peace and I thought wait a second, we own the voting power. We own the buying power. Why don't we just harness that? So I wrote The Seven Virtues of a Philosopher Queen. So that's where the brand name came from. Mm -hmm. The title of the book is The Seven Virtues of a Philosopher Queen, A Woman's Guide to Living and Leading in an Illogical World. Mm -hmm. And I take the stoic virtues of wonder instead of judgment, where all the resources you need will appear if you stay in a state of wonder. If you judge yourself or judge people around you, everything's going to fail. So when we were dying as a company... Well, surviving. Mm-hmm. In my state of wonder, thought, well, the, who can I help on this earth? What, what can I do? And I didn't judge and go, well, we don't have the money. Did not matter. I don't care about money. You'll always find the money if it's the right thing to do. So wonder. Then, so, of course, I went to Haiti. That was all me filled with wonder, mm-hmm. not doing things the way they'd been done. So that's critical in your life. Balance, truth, courage, justice, wisdom, beauty. And so wrote the book, launched it on International Women's Day, which is our day, using our platform for good and and to be a voice and to show positive change. And about 
I don't know, a couple months later, I started reading about, I kept researching Afghanistan, and I read about this man, Abdullah, who was growing the legal orange blossom and rose oils in Afghanistan. And the same people, the Taliban, were knocking over his distillery. And I knew this was my way to build peace. And so I flew to Ottawa. I met with our Canadian government, the equivalent of USAID. And I said, help me find Abdullah. I found him. Uh, we started buying what little oils he had. And we launched the perfume uh, within nine months. And uh, it was, I went on Dragon's Den, which is like Shark Tank. Kevin O'Leary was I on our show, that. Mr. Yeah. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> First woman from Atlanta, Canada, get a deal. They invested. There were tears. The dragons were crying. And it was really powerful. And it helped me, you know, expand uh, into the department stores. So it helped us get our big break to start and build the brand. And then uh, countries started coming to us. So people started hearing about us government officials from Rwanda, another group through the Clinton Foundation had us go to Haiti to source vetiver. They said, you know, you're always dealing with war-torn countries. What about Haiti? They're rebuilding. I was Mm -hmm. like, of course. So Mm -hmm. anyone who wants us, we go. Uh, We respond. We help people. We don't, we're not the business of building a distillery. Mm -hmm. I mean, I studied international developmental studies as a student in my undergrad, and we learned a very powerful lesson. You don't go into a country and tell them what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't go in and teach anyone how they should pray or how they should read or how they should live. That's not my place. But if someone's going to grassroots build a distillery and do all that work, I'll be their buyer and and we'll make sure that they get other buyers and we'll help them too. If the quality needs to be upgraded, we'll get them the right people. We'll help, but we won't come in and go, here's what you should do Mm -hmm. uh, because that is not something that's going to be grassroots led led by the people. And so that's really how we've gone around the world uh, in our journey is just really responding to people. Um, We partnered with CP Aromas, the top number seven uh, uh, fragrance house in the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're huge. They're out of London. They read about us uh, in the Sunday Times. Christina Lamb, who co-wrote I Am Malala with Malala, met me at the the Afghan embassy, fell in love. She's one of the biggest war correspondents in the world and happens to love perfume. So that was it. We just completely became besties and swapped books. And then she wrote about me and and CPL Aromas read about me in the Sunday Times. Mm -hmm. They took me under their wing, much like Sephora. Um, The Seven Virtues is a brand that many giants have taken under their wing and given us a lot of love for nothing other than caring about us and helping us grow. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we could never have made it without Sephora and CPL Aromas. They are the backbone of our our little indie. It helps you realize, you know, how far you've come when you see what you started with and where you where you're at now. And I'm wondering too, like looking at I have all of the seven virtues fragrances in front of me as we Yay. are talking. Which notes are from which countries? So Santal Vanel, which is a new big one launched less than a year ago uh, on International Women's Day. Its anniversary is coming up soon. It has uh, sustainably sourced sandalwood from Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. It's also, um, there are environmental education programs for the women. They also repurpose the wood that's left over that would normally be thrown out. That is all given back to the farmers to use and repurpose. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have micro loans to help uh, anyone who wants to start their own enterprise. I think that's really critical that we work with suppliers that have these kinds of programs. Then we have, uh, of course, the fair trade vanilla from Madagascar, which is really hard to find. When you look at the working conditions of many vanillas, it's it's shameful. Uh, I think you know my next career once we, we do this will be to run for office. We have uncovered so many 
unbelievably unacceptable amounts of corruption in Afghanistan and Haiti. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's unacceptable. Mm -hmm. There are great, good people there. We work with very good human beings and they deserve better. Uh, they deserve better in their communities. Uh, they deserve, we, we should ask for more as nations working together. So this work has shown me you know, who's doing it right? I'd say Rwanda is. I mean, Rwanda, we get our patchouli from Rwanda. It's um, our farmers earn three times the income over the next crop of coffee. Wow. Many of their parents died in the genocide mm -hmm. uh, 25 years ago. And so they witnessed that and they are now grown up adult orphans. And But, you know, when you look at Rwanda, it gives me hope, but I'll tell you why. Rwanda had one of the most heinous genocides on the planet. Almost a million people were killed in 100 days. Mm -hmm. Husbands turned on wives. And how do you come back from that? The president, Kagama, amazing man, said, let's put in the Constitution, minimum 30% female. We've heard that tipping point number before. I've never seen a country put it in their Constitution, demand it. And one seat for the disabled because so many people lost lambs to have a diverse view. We talk about diversity. Rwanda lives it. As a result... They are the first female majority government in the world. They are passing laws in restorative justice that are so extraordinary that as a result, they are the fastest growing, safest, least corrupt country in Africa. Mm. And we landed there on International Women's Day. It was very spiritual for me to meet the women who strapped on guns to protect their communities. And they said, we are never going to have to do that again by passing policy and laws. And, and each leader in Rwanda, if you're a lawyer, if you're a, a big deal in business, you must mentor three children who uh, lost their parents in the genocide. And I met the mentors and many of the students, and I, I am so incredibly moved, and I have so much faith in the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm really expecting the world demand that other countries look at the model of Rwanda and start learning mm -hmm. about how we're going to reverse these issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so it is about sustainably sourced ingredients, of course, but it's, it's more than that. It's also going in and saying, Hey, what, what isn't working here? We did talk about this briefly before, but you know, obviously different countries are at different points at different times. What's been going on with your sourcing in Afghanistan? We smuggled out the last bit of orange blossom, as you know, my favorite calming oil, mm -hmm. uh, and we will never get it again. It was an 11-year run. They doubled their distillery. Little girls were not being taken by the Taliban as opium brides. Mm -hmm. And everything just reversed. Mm -hmm. And we lost all that blood that was shed, all our brave American, Canadian, Australian, you name it, around the world, all those soldiers like Captain Green. Yeah, that cannot be in vain. Mm -hmm. And so I got mad. My new mantra, I developed it during the pandemic. I get mad, take a bath, have a nap. And it has changed my life. I want you all to do that. Get mad. You need to get mad sometimes. You don't have to be polite about everything. Get upset. Things were taken from you. And so when you get mad, then you take a bath and you calm down and you turn off the phone and you just stare at the trees or read a philosophy book. And then you go have a nap. Your subconscious mind will work through everything you were upset about and you'll wake up with answers. And this has been my, my, my saving grace during the entire pandemic. And so I did this. I was mad and I kept looking for a Pantone for our new perfume, Lotus Pear. Mm -hmm. And of course, we have a gorgeous artist, Danny, out of Columbia. He does great like 3D moving art. Uh, but I, I always meddle. So I like to play with Pantones. Like I feel like I had my place. <laughs> so I go and I find this period red. I was so intrigued. What is this? You know, we never talk about our periods. Oh my God, someone's calling a color after it. This is exciting. What does that look like? So I look it up. We never did go with the period red. We ended up going with a beautiful kind of watermelony pink, but mm -hmm. 
It set me on a whole path. Spotting pink. And, yeah, spotting pink. Exactly. Exactly. That's good. I like that. And so I ended up working with our team. We came to uncover that really the solution to end war and um, sex trade and poverty, and I mean, I'm never going to simplify it, mm -hmm. but at the very core of it is a big problem out there and we need to reverse it. And it's period poverty. In Nepal, where we are working with uh, Days for Girls, 700 girls and young women are receiving as a result of Lotus Pear, washable pads, washable underwear, education for the boys so they understand that a period's a beautiful thing. And to, to remove the stigma and the shame, and it was interesting with our project in Nepal with these women, normally uh, a test group, they might have 20 people show up when they announce to the community, we're looking at coming to your community with this. Word spread far and wide and 400 women showed up. Wow wanting their washable pads and periods and education for their peers, their parents, their brothers. And so I am convinced that if we all hold hands and, and work on advancing menstrual equity globally at home in our own communities, one in three uh, Canadians uh, uh, really can't afford. I don't think pads and tampons should ever be charged for. Mm -hmm. They should be free in every public place. Right. Uh, and, and I don't care what anyone says, free, don't care. Don't care. And I'll tell you, if when I do run for office, that will be the mandate. Yeah. That will be one of the mandates that this is free. Why would you pay for this? Mm -hmm. This is unacceptable. And so I'm really excited. This to me is giving me hope. I was so mad about Afghanistan that I'm actually feeling really excited about the world and re-energized and recharged. And uh, we're not going to continue this cycle of war anymore. And we're all going to step up a little bit out of our comfort zones. We're going to talk vocally about things that people are uncomfortable with. And we're going to use International Women's Day as that platform and this platform with you to talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about when you're talking about perfume. Right. I mean, it is, it is crazy that this conversation started about a perfume brand and we've talked about period poverty and global poverty and rebuilding after genocide. And I guess to, to tie it back into the perfume, I would love to talk to you about Lotus Pear and what we can expect from that fragrance and how that was specifically tied to the period poverty element of your mission. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Um, well, Lotus Pear, uh, it started with uh, actually tobacco cassis, which is a roundabout way, which I love. It's a scent we had designed and developed. And then Sephora let us know that you know, the top category, most popular amongst Sephora clients is fruity floral, and we didn't have a fruity floral. So we had to go back to the drawing board. Don't worry, tobacco cassis will still happen one day. But we went back to the drawing board, and we started looking at what it could be. And as I was starting to really learn about uh, period poverty and the issues. I wanted all of the flowers to be very um, feminine. Mm -hmm. So the lotus is the vagina. So is the pear. Uh, the, jade, the jade gemstone for our perfume oil as well is the feminine. And I wanted it all to be just so celebratory of the, the female parts that maybe we don't talk about or might feel shame about. I'm like, no, no, we're going to sing it from the rooftops and be really proud to be female in every way. And that the shame and stigma of a period will not be a part of our lives anymore. And then the scent itself, of course, has lotus, has pear. The pear is from High Grove, uh, which I will say is kind of wild. It's very posh mm -hmm. uh, because our perfumers are in London. 
And Highgrove, of course, the Queen's uh, estate. I'm from welfare, complete poverty. So I I think about how posh to have this Highgrove pear in our perfume. Mm -hmm. So I find it kind of fun. It's got gardenia. It's got geranium, uh, sustainably sourced from Egypt, Mm -hmm. upcycled rose and orange. It's just really, I think it's got it all. It's very joyful. Like you put it on and it just feels very calming. Definitely a very strong pear note but it's sweet. It definitely feels like a fruity, fresh floral with like a warm element to it. It's really lovely. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's sparkly and happy. And, you know, I just want to bring happiness when people are sad. Um, yeah, particularly, you know, right now, February, March can be tough before the spring starts. And I want people to just feel uplifted and to feel good that their perfume has that gorgeous aromatherapy and to make them feel better and know that it's doing good in the world Uh, and that it's clean for them, that it's not harming their skin. And I think, um, and I think this one really gets you a lot of compliments too. So of course I do want you to have strangers walk up to you and just say, what are you wearing? Cause that's, that's the fun part of life, right? And when does this launch in Sephora? So today the product page went up for preview so people could learn about it. Okay. So that's today, which is very today exciting. Today is February, February 1st for everybody listening. So it's the preview. And then February 7th, you can, I think it's purchased. Uh, officially March 8th is the original, you know, it's our, our day. But Sephora got so excited. Um, they are doing a pre-sale, which again, never happens with an indie. But uh, it's it's kind of wild for us to have them get so excited about the scent because they know they know what does well in their space. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're pretty excited that they're excited. And so I go around, my son and I, Victor, we work together. Mm-hmm. Um, we go to stores and do master classes. Mm-hmm. And so we, we were spraying this one in December before Omicron. We went to as many doors as we could around the U.S. And every single beauty advisor lost their mind over this mm-hmm. one. And so I was like, well, that's a good litmus test right. of what the future could be. And it's like launching a baby out there. Like she's... She's graduating. Let's see what the world does. Mm-hmm. So it's it's exciting. That is it's exciting. exciting. And then of course we're we're working on aromatherapy candles right now, which is really lovely. And so we're we're really trying to do more things to create uh, aromatherapy settings for people to to be creative with and to think. I like you know, I like to see people shake things up. And if we can create the right kind of aromatherapy products for people to go, oh yeah, you know what? If she could do it. I can do it and get back to those virtues. They're on the box mm-hmm. too, of living, you know, in a place of wonder at all times. And really, you know, I, I love when people tell me that they spray the perfume and it gives them confidence during their exams, mm-hmm. or it gives them confidence to get on stage or to, to speak up for themselves. And so I think that's really, I want you to change your life. I want you to have whatever you feel you deserve and work for it and, and get the tools you need to advance. And sometimes a scent can give you that confidence. I think you're talking about something really interesting about, you know, aromatherapy and mindfulness. And aromatherapy is another term that I feel like means something different to everybody, right? And so when you say aromatherapy, are you like, are there certain ingredients in your fragrances with certain purposes? Or are you saying, if this scent is calming to you, then it is aromatherapy? Like, how are you uh, defining it? Yeah, it's both. It's both. I mean, on the back of each bottle, uh, we have looked and linked a few things. Mm-hmm. We've linked in our perfume oils, the gemstone. Mm-hmm. So if you're using vanilla woods, it's uh, got rose quartz. It's also for calming and soothing the overworked, but also so is vanilla. Right. So there's 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 threads to both the scent, the gemstone, if, if you have the perfume oil and the aromatherapy. Mm-hmm. 
But if it has a different meaning for you, and for some reason, for me, grapefruit and orange make me feel creative. Mm-hmm. But if if vanilla makes you feel creative, then that's your go-to. Yeah. It can be whatever right. you wish. We just we do put recommended ones on the back of each bottle. We have three percent that are the main ones that thread to the gemstone or the the actual uh, essential oils. Uh, but again, it's all open for interpretation. But it gives a nice. Uh, foundation and starting point for For anyone who's a newbie to it aromatherapy it helps them start to build their own rituals and their own visualizations for their life and and you need tools you need tools for rituals a cup of tea a cup of tea for me is such a ritual i have one every afternoon my rooibos tea and it calms me down i can get down to being Mm -hmm. creative and so everyone has their thing and you need tools for that and usually it's scent i agree yeah uh, that right well i mean there's the term aromatherapy as one word but i see it almost more of like aroma therapy like my therapy is aromas you know like it's oh my god I love that you're brilliant Barb right it should almost be aroma over therapy and that should be like right it's like your therapy is aroma like whatever that means to you you know I I I mean as you're talking I literally just thought of the name of this episode which is make perfume not war because it's like you know it's a it's a catalyst of of something bigger. That's right. Make anything instead of war. And that means running for office, launching companies, launching social Mm -hmm. enterprise, having new conversations, Mm -hmm. daring to call out what is ineffective, but having a solution, Mm -hmm. not just making noise saying, look, yes, we will march. Mm -hmm. And that is critical, but we'll do more than that. We will make change together. And we will do all of it effectively and, and hopefully ignite some people out there to consider running for office or launch a social enterprise or or speak up in a conversation mm-hmm. with, with or without the perfume. Right. But the perfume is up to something. And I'm glad that you figured that out and invited me to come share what of we're course. up to. Well, you know, we've been talking at a, at a very macro level. We started with perfume and we went to, you know, global poverty and war. And I want to get a little bit more micro before we get to our final segment what was the smell of, of your childhood and what are your strongest scent memories? Well, I have really great memories until I was eight. Life was normal. Uh, we lived in Montreal and then my mom got sick and we ended up, we found ourselves in poverty in uh, rural Nova Scotia. So the smells and the joy were all pretty much from the first eight years. So my grandmother, my Jewish bubby, so I'm half Jewish, half mm-hmm. Catholic, my, my Jewish bubby, she always had fancy perfumes and gorgeous silk shoes and beautiful outfits. And she looked like Marilyn Monroe wow. and she sold uh, beautiful uh, porcelain in a, in a fancy store. And you know, she wasn't rich, but she always was elegant and spent her money on, you know, looking fabulous and always entered the room late. And her perfumes and her lipsticks, the lipsticks back then had a scent. They did. I loved all of it. Me too. I love a lipstick scent more than anything. It's the best. It was so expensive. Mm -hmm. You could just, it smelled like money. And I remember actually, there was a perfume that I smelled in a magazine when I was um, a single mom in between my degrees, taking care of my son, Victor. And I remember... There was this, you know, the little strip in the magazine. You of could course. smell it and then yeah. you go buy it, right? So I smelled it and I remember telling all the flight attendants we were broke. We made below poverty level. I remember saying, this smells like money. I'm buying it. I remember buying the perfume because I thought it smelled like money. It just smelled like so expensive. And for the life of me to this day, I cannot figure out what the name of that oh perfume is. And so 
I've got to find it. I'm going to, I think I'm going to go on a, like a fact finding trip and find that scent. I remember the bottle though. So I yeah, would what was probably the bottle be able like? to, it was very round and curvy, like a long teardrop. Okay. I mean, the one I thought of was too obvious. Cause of course the first thing I think of was like, J'adore Dior. And that's, um, I'm sure that you've already investigated that. Do you know what? I really haven't. I, I think mm-hmm. what I should do is just go look at every long teardrop bottle out there. It wasn't yeah. Halston, but I mean, any kind of bottle that was out there and, and go find it. I think that came out in the 2000s though. So it might, I don't know what your timing was. It was well, like 2000, I don't know, early 2000s. I was a flight attendant 91 to 99. So it would have to be in that window. So whatever it was, I can go find out when it came out. Interesting. It probably wasn't then. Yeah. And then uh, when I was little, I used to collect my mother's perfumes and they were not mm-hmm. expensive perfumes. And I would I would always play with them. And I remember I, I loved Elvis. Elvis was my first album. I loved mm-hmm. Elvis Presley so much. And I remember having all my mother's perfumes in a bag playing. Now, this is now in poor rural Nova Scotia, you know, walking mm-hmm. past the chickens and the cows and I've got all her bottles. Maybe I was trying to clutch a piece of when life was normal. So mm-hmm. I had all of her perfume bottles in a bag and I walked into the house and she told me Elvis died and I dropped the bag of perfumes and I was oh. bawling. But then I was terrified that I might've broken the last remnants she had of our normal life. Mm-hmm. None of them broke. Thank God they were cheap. And I was shorter. I was eight. So obviously they didn't have it far It wasn't a fall. big fall. Yeah. <sighs> And, uh, but that was a big perfume memory for me was wow. dropping all the perfumes when I learned Elvis died. And actually, interestingly, I'm going to give a talk the end of March in Memphis. Uh, I'm going to go to Graceland. That's a whole other part of okay. something I need to do. So I'm glad you reminded me of, of my perfume memories of childhood, but I will say back to smells in the, in the home and good mm-hmm. ones. We always baked, there was always fresh bread baking. Mm, yeah. Um, there was always, you know, something baked goods were a big part of our childhood. And so those scents are always, you know, I go past a bakery, I lose my mind. There's nothing like it. Yeah. It's so great. Right? Yeah. So yeah. I still bake. I bake all the time. I bake, uh, you know, sugar-free, fat-free, you know, versions with almond flour that are gluten-free and vegan. But I can mm-hmm. tell you they're delicious. It's a happy mm-hmm. feeling to do that for people, you know, in your home yeah. and know that it's still delicious and good for them. Is there any pastry you'll break the that rule for? Like just go in on the sugar or the gluten that you're just like, this is Not worth it. Really, the only, but I will say this, um, if you make a, uh, usually you can find a nice gluten-free pizza or gluten-free bread, but if mm-hmm. I'm on the road and someone has like warm sourdough bread, it, mm-hmm. which is kind of less gluten, but not like perfect, mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll eat it. I'll eat Good that. Good sourdough. And it, right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And if there's a crusty yeah. pizza and it's kind of bubbling over and it's got little browned edges that are a little overcooked, I'm ripping uh, that apart. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. That's happening. You know? Yeah. Sometimes you got to make exceptions. There's exceptions. You have to. I mean, in our house, my daughter is celiac. My husband's got diverticulosis. I'm, you know, like many people, I have issues with it, but I'm not like them. So I could get away with a bad night and I'd be fine. It's not going to make you ill. Right. Okay. Well, Barb, we, I feel like I have learned so much about you and the seven virtues. We have a final segment of the show, which I thought would be a fun twist. We have a segment called What's That Smell? Mm, What's That Virtue? And it is okay. rapid fire scent association. I thought what would be a, a fun twist on this would be I will name different fragrances in the seven virtues line. And you tell me like the first mood or event or thing that you would be like, oh, I would wear this fragrance for this occasion or this Perfect. time of day yes. or whatever. Okay. Yes. Are you ready to play What's That Smell? Seven virtues edition. Uh, I am. When would you wear Lotus Pear? Lotus Pear. I'm going to a fancy restaurant, 
very okay. fancy because it's a fancy perfume. Mm-hmm. And I am dressed up in my finest clothes. And it's a dinner I would be looking forward to for a long time. And when you have to make a reservation, that's mm-hmm. where I would wear a lotus pair. Because you're feeling like I'm spoiling me. I'm going all out. I'm having it all. Okay, Vanilla Woods. Vanilla Woods is if I'm going to go drinking with my girlfriends. I know that's terrible, but... Yeah, there you go. Okay, Santal Vanille. It's end of the day, my zen place. Beautiful. Grapefruit Mm. Lime. (gasps) Grapefruit Lime. Oh, my God, we have a deadline, and, like, Queen isn't playing in the background. Under pressure. And you're like, ah, the deadline's coming. Grapefruit Lime is everywhere because you just feel alive and awake, and you can just come up with creative answers. Okay, patchouli citrus. Patchouli citrus is the smell of anticipation. Mm. It's like the holidays coming, but it hasn't happened yet. It's all that excitement before. And it really, to me, smells like the streets of France, Paris. It smells like everything at once. It's wine, chocolate, bread, baguettes, sourdough, cigarettes, uh, fabulous clothes. It's it's everything. Uh, that's That's where you wear that to just, you want to eat everything in sight, talk to everybody, drink it all. And have it all, and you're not denying yourself one single thing. Beautiful. Orange Mm -hmm. Blossom. Orange Blossom, getting on stage when I'm terrified. Oh, my God, whenever I'm scared and I don't know what to do, Orange Blossom is my my sanctuary. I am so whole and complete, and it's almost a religious thing for me, especially when I go on stage. It scares me live. Mm -hmm. I... uh, I I'll always offer it up to God. And I just say, just tell me what to do. Tell me who I need to talk to. What do I need to say? And let me be your servant. And I spray orange blossom. Orange blossom is just everything for calm. Mm. Okay. Vetiver Lemmy. Vetiver Lemmy is uh, you are going on a holiday to Florida or Hawaii and you just want to smell fresh, sexy, but a little masculine too. Mm-hmm. Like it's got that. It's got that fresh thing, but it's saying, I am strong. I am. And so you're traveling on your own and you're going into the unknown, but you need a holiday. You put that on. Everyone knows that's one strong person having fun, going somewhere and being in the sunshine. Rose Amber. Rose Amber is romance. Now, this is cute. Um, we like to blend. So my husband wears Vetiver Alemi and I wear Rose Amber. And the way we blend it, because it makes a masculine rose, is we <laughs> hug. That's how you mix them? We, we hug. It's wow. so sexy because he's really hot too. So that helps. I mean, always helps. Okay. And the last one, yeah. Jasmine Narrowly. <gasps> That's like the smart girl's Chanel number five. That's for like the girl that wants clean products, but wants to wear a sexy black dress. That yeah. is your Jasmine scent and just own the room and know that you're doing good things for your skin, but still smelling sexy, fabulous. Well, the last question is, what is the smell of Barb Stegman? Well, the smell of me is absolutely everything that we own. Today, I started with the uh, the new Fresh Solar sample. Then I moved over to Lotus Pear because she went live today on the Sephora website. I wanted to honor her. And uh, then I'm going to move to a little bit of Orange Blossom and Grapefruit Lime because we're heading outside. So it's kind of all day. I'll just keep doing different little bits of everything. But uh, it becomes a blend, and they were all designed to blend together. So if your mm-hmm. mood in the morning is I want to feel awake and alert for this Zoom meeting and you put your orange blossom on, but by mid-afternoon, mm-hmm. you know, you're starting to waver. You st- stick with whatever your intentions were the night before. You reapply. Mm-hmm. And then that night you can put on something sexy and they all blend. There's no like, well, that didn't work. 
there's no way that they can't go together. So I like that fluidity throughout the day because you have different moods. Yeah. You know, you have different places you're going and you don't have to worry about washing some scent off. It all goes in layers. The problem is when you layer them with your little piece box and you loved a certain blend and you've forgotten what it is. And so the ultimate dilemma. It is. Gotta write it down. If you do a blend and people are losing their minds over your lotus pair of vanilla woods with a splash of jasmine, you got to write that down. Got to write it down. Okay. Well, Barb, it has been such a joy to talk to you. I have learned so much and I'm sure people listening are already Googling and purchasing Seven Virtues products based on this interview. Where can people shop Seven Virtues? Obviously, we know the answer is Sephora. Um, Where can people learn more about Seven Virtues, follow Seven Virtues, follow you? Yeah. I mean, we love when people follow us on Instagram at the seven virtues and it's the digit seven. So don't spell it out. Mm-hmm. Websites the same way, the seven virtues.com. And also obviously Sephora has beautiful product pages, lots of content, videos, photos. So you can really dig down and learn more about us. And you can always write us. We can send you a free copy of the movie Perfume War that you can find the trailer on YouTube. And what's really great about it is when we used to sit in the theaters after the after the show, the screening, I'd hear people say, you know, I'm going to go change my life. And it was really beautiful because it was no longer my story and Captain Green's story. It becomes your story. So mm-hmm. I really want that journey for everybody out there listening to continue to dance with us and, and, and use any tools we can provide for you to get to your greatness and your service to others. And your joy. And your joy. Well, Barb, thank you so much for coming on. It has been a blast. Thank you, Emma. Perfumer was edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 